Hello and welcome to Mommying, Surviving, and Thriving, a podcast for women that believe in living their best life while working and raising a family at the same time. We discuss how to live a happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving life while balancing the demands of being a woman, mom, and all-around superwoman. We're here to inspire you with a new perspective and to also create a community of supportive women in the process. Let's dive in. Hello, ladies, and welcome to this episode of Mommy Surviving and Thriving. Today, we're talking finance and money, as we like to do here. Uh, And I'm happy to have with us Shahara Wooten, who is a phenomenal woman, uh, has so much experience in our financial background is, is phenomenal. So I want to turn it over to her so she can introduce herself to you and learn a little bit about her and everything that's going on with her. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Myla. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And um, yeah, just a little bit about me. I have been in the financial services industry since 2004. And I did that after changing careers. So I changed careers. Um, I'm an electrical and computer engineer by training, went to Ohio State University. And um, even when I was at Ohio State, I was just like, I don't think that I'm gonna be doing engineering, you know, the rest of my life. I know there's something else. And, um, but after about six years of working in, you know, various roles, I decided that, you know, it's time for me to change careers. And, after reading Purpose Driven Life, after you know reading What Color Is Your Parachute, I've really felt that I needed to help people with their finances. And um, another part of it was that at 25, I remember living in Philadelphia, and I was um, going to an Urban League Young Professional meeting there, and they had an economic empowerment uh, event. And I remember seeing tables of you know, financial planners and insurance agents and uh, various roles within the financial services. And I walked up to the financial advisor. He worked at a particular bank and I had never met a financial advisor at this point. I never really thought about it. I was 25 and um, my it was one of, one of my second roles or what have you after college. And, um, and I just walked up to him and I said, I want to retire by 30. And, you know, I was 25 and 30 at that age, really old. Um, <laughs> I knew five years was a short period of time, but 30 seemed old, right? So, <laughs> so, you know, even then I knew that 30 is not old, but, you know, coming from the eyes of a 25 year old, it, it does, it seems old. So, so he looked at me and he was just like, he didn't say you can't do it, um, but we ended up meeting and we met in central Philly, uh, downtown Philly, and I ended up leaving with paperwork, but the account never got open, right? So I was just like a little confused, a little baffled. I didn't know what was going on. And as I looked into it more, we never opened the account. He probably just never thought that I would you know, have the money or... It was too small of an account to start off, you know, things like that. I don't know really what was going on, but now that I'm a financial planner, um, I just know that he pretty much blew me off in so many ways, right? So, so um, because it was really simple what he, what we wanted to do. 
Um, but it, but my goal, my motivation, you know, for coming on and, and changing careers is so that I can help. You know, that 25-year-old Shahara, if she walks up to me, I can help that person. You know, I might be able to give them more realistic goals. You know, we may not be able to do it in five years. We may be able to, but depending on where they're at, but I'm not going to just, you know, blow them off. So I really focus in on the young professionals, um, you know, like myself, I do have, you know, a young can be relative because I have people who are much older as clients as well. So they, they still might put themselves in the category too. But, um, but, you know, that's what that's part of my journey. And, um, and so I started working in the industry. And then a few years later, uh, became I started off actually working just with financial advisors. And then a few years later, I started um, with a company that allowed me to work with individual investors so and then from there i like i said my eyes were open and i i could really relate back to my experience um when when i met that advisor because i started to learn that the industry is built on a lot of clients a lot of people have to have assets first it's like which comes first you know the chicken or the egg right (laughs) build assets you know so so it started to work on me you know and i I started to not feel comfortable with you know being in a model that strictly relied on that and that's when um in 2016 i learned that i could even start my own firm and that's when i started your story financial um in 2016 and and it allows me to help people whether they have assets or not and um you know and be able to work with folks who do have goals and dreams and they just want to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and i can help them do that and um and then on top of that i've moved on to start an academy which is another business but that is i have a book that goes with that and then i'm building up a a mastermind a money mastermind to help folks with that too so it's been a um it's been a journey it's been a journey so tell me um what does so owning your financial narratives what does that mean to you yeah that's a good question i um i i've been using that term for a while and then recently published a book um called in the meantime own your financial narrative and the reason why i've been using it is because i do believe that we all have a story Um, we all have a financial success story we want to create and um your story financial that kind of came from um, thinking about our lives and chapters and if you're able to you know look at the first chapter of your life and you don't really have control over that and how, how you started but you know you do have control over the other chapters you know and so not being ashamed not being you know feeling guilt about your money about your past and and really starting to get the the knowledge base and the information to and to help you with that transformation, to help you to create the the narrative that you want. So if you started off a certain way, I, I say you can have a plot twist. You know, it doesn't have to be that way forever. So, um, so that is where you know all of that came from about owning your narrative. Um, there's a lot that comes at us, a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, I talk about the racial wealth gap where, you know, black wealth is supposed to go to zero by 2053. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, and then there's that the gap where $17,000 is what black wealth is and 171000 is white wealth. Um, that study was done in um, 2016. It hasn't changed much. But even with all that pressure and even with economic injustice, we still can own our narrative. We still can do what's necessary to to build wealth and um, create what our own definition is of wealth, because I think everybody has a has a different number. They have a different uh, reason for why they want to build wealth. And that's what owning your narrative, uh, your financial narrative means to me. Right. And I'm going to come back to that. Um, you made me think of one question, but yeah. before we kind of go any further with that, so you as a financial planner, there's many people, well, what's the difference between a financial planner? What's the difference between a financial advisor? So if you can explain to our audience as a financial planner, what do you do? Yes. Great question, because it's very confusing. And I think it's confusing for a reason, right? To just confuse the consumer. Um, <laughs> people don't know. So it's a very legitimate question. And um, it, yeah, it's the industry has made it confusing, I think, on purpose. But in my definition, a financial planner is someone who's going to sit down with you. And really, it's not just about the numbers. It's not just about looking at, okay, do you have, uh, you know, just save a hundred bucks a month, save a thousand bucks. It's it's more of what is your why behind it? What are your goals? How have you looked at money in the past? So you're in the center of it and um, of that planning rather than, oh, let me just sell you a mutual fund. Oh, I'm just going to sell you a life. And so, so it's not product focused. Um, you can use the products. Those are tools. But um, when you talk with a financial planner and and some people use financial planner, financial advisor interchangeably, so that's fine. But, you know, what you're looking for is somebody who is willing to educate you, somebody who's willing to get to know you, understand your goals. They're not going to just, you know, just say, okay, you need this is all you need. Just go in this mutual fund and you're done. You know, Um, I like I said, that experience, um, we didn't talk about risk tolerance. I don't remember doing that. I just remember us opening it up up an application and it never getting submitted and something weird happening and it just fizzling away. And so, you know, so I did take ownership. I started to learn and, and that that's what even whet my appetite to start doing it myself. But um but yeah, a financial planner uh, wears many hats, you know, to teach, to educate, to hold you accountable if, if you want that. You don't have to, you know, some people don't like the term accountability, but that's all right. Uh, you know, someone to give you a nudge here and there, right? Um, they can see past what you're seeing. So, um, so you might be in a certain stage of life and they're going to help you plan beyond that stage that you're at. Uh, although they are going to help you where you're at right now, but they're going to also foresee some other things that you need to do and um, give you advice and help you plan that way. So, so yeah, so that that's a pretty broad definition of financial planner, but I also call myself a financial life planner st- strategist. And that's just a term that um, I created and with my marketing rep uh, coach a few years, about a year ago. And it just really, to me, uh, captures, okay, we're doing financial, um, we're working on your finances, but there's no way that I can do your finances without understanding your life. Mm-hmm. And 
So, you know, so we have to have that conversation. And it's funny, I'm not a financial therapist. There's a financial therapist out there who need that. But it's interesting, the conversations that we have with people because it is their money. It is their, it's their life. It's, um, it's connected to their heart and, you know, and the things that they want to do, the changes they want to make. And you really want somebody that you can trust to share that kind of stuff with. And I've had people say, okay, um, are we doing therapy now? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not what I do. But it's really hard to, to disconnect the two, Definitely. you know? Yeah. I, I totally understand that. Um, I always tell people when I was working with my coach, I also had a therapist um, and they were on the same days. And I felt like those were my power days because I felt so good after meeting with the, my executive coach and then the therapist. And they knew, both knew that I was meeting with a coach. The other one knew I was, you know, meeting with a the therapist. So they, but it does make a difference. And I tell people that now that I am a coach, it may seem that way, but um, you yeah. know, I need a therapist as well. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And and I mean, I've heard of other, some financial planners do have financial therapists on their staff, you know, awesome. so it's like, okay, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to take you to a financial therapist right now because, you know, we got to get beyond that. So I, I think that's really something good for people to know that that is something out there um, that's beyond what a financial planner does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So- when people come to you, do you get more women or you get more men? I get more more women. Okay. I get more women. Yeah, I just, you know, it's funny because I've, you know, I'm an engineer by training. I do focus on STEM professionals and there's obviously more men in uh-huh. the profession. But, uh, but I do find that the women are the ones that gravitate towards me. And, and, that's, and that's good, you know. Um, but yeah, and, and I'm okay with that. I've had, you know, men interview me and try to connect and it just didn't work out. But I do have men. I do have a few good men, but, <laughs> but mostly women, mostly women. And I would say, you know, because of the nature of how I look and where I come from, mostly black women, um, but I do have women from all cultures as well and men from all cultures too. And do you get, because I'm, hearing more of this do you get um couples or is mostly like um, the husband or the wife or the partner or what have you how how does that work that's a great question so i get a combination so i get a combination and um i don't honestly i don't like to work with a married person by themselves Mm -hmm. i like to work with them with their spouse and so um, so I have had to turn people away because they wanted to, and it might be a niche for a, an advisor, but uh, I've had a lot of women come to me and say they wanted to get help um, for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do planning without the spouse. So I have not been able to figure that one out, but I can help people. Um, but it, it's, I do charge more for spouses or for married couples because it's more involved but I found that you know the people want to they don't they want to pay the single person price for married couple work so it's so, so that's why they don't usually join because they you know 
it costs more. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it could be a niche because I've had so many women come to me and say, I'm, I'm going to, I think that's a follow-up conversation because yeah. I'm finding that to be true that, but oh, the whole thing with why I started this mommy surviving and thriving is just, I feel like women, there's a lot out there um, that's not being said that we need to talk about um, mm-hmm. that we're afraid to talk about or we're told not to talk about and we keep things yes. in. And a part of that is money, right? Yeah. And the whole history of um, the husband or your partner kind of taking care of you and taking care of the bills. And well, that's not necessarily the case in 2021, right? Um, especially with almost, I think it's over 40% now of yeah. women being the breadwinners of the household, right? So the dynamics have changed. So I'm not surprised that you see more women coming to you and that they're, they may be married, but they're trying to figure out their financials by themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was going to be actually one of my questions. Um, the two-part yeah. question is at what stage do you get most of your clients? At what stage in life? And mm-hmm. then- the second part of that is what are, what is their top concern? Yeah, no, that's great. So I get, I, I do have a variety, but I would say the majority of the people are between 30 and 50. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they've been in their career long enough that they are like, okay, yeah, I need to do something. Or they're in that stage where they're just like, you know what? Um, Unfortunately, I haven't saved. I've been, you know, making good money and I just haven't done anything. Maybe I've saved a little in a 401k, but I know that I need to do more than that. And um, but I would say the majority of my people are in that 30 to 50 range. I do have folks in the out, you know, the outlying uh, ages. So people are in their 20s and then I do have some folks in their 70s. Um, but I find that the older folks, because I'm a virtual firm, um, you know, and I use technology, I'm using Zoom, uh, we're doing everything via DocuSign. Uh, you have to, for us to work together, you really do have to be comfortable with technology. Mm-hmm. So I just find that, you know, that's just a few very few folks um, in that upper age range that are comfortable with that. So I tend to gravitate towards the ones that are in that 30 to 50 range. And then um, and then with the, um, the, the people you were asking about, what the challenges mostly are, well, I like in, in the financial planning, I do like to start with cash flow management. So I always figure out like, where are you with your money coming in, going out? How are you managing that? And if, um, if I see that there is a challenge with that, then, then we need to, that's our baseline, you know, understanding Mm -hmm. what's coming in and what's going out. But the other thing would be after that would probably be retirement planning. So people just want to be able to know, do I have enough saved? Um, Do I, you know, uh, what, what do I need to save and have I saved, you know, enough. And so we answer those questions, you know, what does retirement look like for you? Is that traveling? Is that staying at home? You know, what does that look like? And I will say too, even back to the, the married women, I've, I, um, recently started a money mastermind. So I'm starting the next cohort of that. And that is a group program, and that is actually a better fit for those women who are, 
you know, married and they uh, just want to do it themselves. And so, uh, so that's my, you know, that has been my solution thus far to be able to help those women because, um, because it's hard to do a full, like a financial plan one-on-one with, with a financial planner without pulling in the other spouse. So um, there's just so many nuances that need to be addressed. (laughs) There actually probably needs to be therapy or marriage counseling before they come to you because if you're coming to me and you want to do it by yourself there is something and that's what I found like it's either um you know they tell me that yeah he does it all and he he just everything that he chooses is what we have to do but I know that there's something else I want to do something else I want to do something for myself and so um so yeah so it's I I used to bring on that you know clientele that you know just the one spouse but i've just come into so many challenges that i'm like no i need both of them to cooperate (laughs) Uh, but yeah i just shot back over to that but um but yeah it's that you know the 30 to 50 and uh, cash flow management is the the foundation that we like to start at so and and i know cash flow management do you find that most of your clients, the cash flow is, I'm making enough, but I just don't know how to manage it. Um, or I just don't know what's going out. I'm, I think I'm making X amount of money. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not taking care of the bills. Or do you find that they're saying that they don't make enough and they're trying to figure out how to manage because they don't? Yeah, so no, those those are those are great vantage points. I would say the majority is that they make enough, but they just don't know where it's going. That's that's the majority of who I've been working with. And um, you know, in my coaching, I, I like to talk about like in the group program, I do like to talk about multiple streams of income. I don't think that you should just rely on one stream. Um, you know, just like you don't want to, you know, with investing, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You really don't want to put all your income in one basket. You don't want to just rely on an emergency fund. And so, um, so no matter what I do encourage, uh, how are how can you bring in more income streams? So whether you're single or married, cause a lot of married couples will, you know, or I've, I've, I've heard people tell me like, I don't know how people survive. Like, I'm just so glad I have my husband's income and I have my income. I don't know how a woman survives without that. And um, I believe that a single woman, as well as married women, married men, they should have worked towards having additional streams of income too. So, um, so I talk about that as well, even in the conversations with my clients. If we um, that I work one-on-one with. So it's a topic whether we're doing group coaching or whether we're doing uh, one-on-one work. But um, but it is, you know, I just had a couple that, you know, I talked to and they were, they had the income, but it was just going into so many places like private school, different things like that. And you can always go ahead and find another school or bring in another, like how do we make it so that you can still reach your goals? and still be able to live the life you want. So if you want to still send your kids to private school, then maybe we got to bring in another income stream. So it's it all depends on what people are willing to do. Um, 
and what they're willing to, you know, maybe give up or add to. So I'm not all about you got to give up, you know, but if you want more, then you might have to do more. And that might be, oh, I have a talent in balloon making. I don't know, like charging for this on the weekends, you know, if that's if everybody, all the family members and everybody comes to you, have them, you know, refer you out, you know, and start thinking of those ideas, those things that are fun that you like to do, because um, you don't just want to you know sometimes you do have to you do have to get that second job that maybe you don't like but um but you know if you can think of a sustainable income stream that you can bring in in addition to your main income then i'm always a proponent of that too so what about some tools you talked about um we talked about whether it's um the lack of income or you have the income and don't know where where you're going with it are there any tools that you would suggest for someone who's trying to figure that out? Like what's happening? Um, uh, do you have like a software or apps that you would recommend or just it could be pen and paper and to do X, Y, and Z to kind of figure out what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when, when I'm talking about cash flow management, um, yeah, I give people a lot of different options, you know, like you said, pen and paper, I know when I was first starting out, you know, pen and paper worked really well for me. Um, it was just easy. It was convenient. I didn't have to get on the computer, you know, and do all this stuff. But um, but then there's other there's other like there's apps out there, um, especially if you have like a up and down income stream. Um, and that's how how I got introduced to this app, which just, you know, just being a business owner in general, uh, especially in the beginning stages, you just don't know, like okay is this month the big month or is there going to be smaller month like you just don't know it's so up and down um so but i still wanted to save and i remember one of my actually it was one of my clients had mentioned that they use a tool called digit and you know and so i started using digit uh as well and so depending on what people like uh you know and their uh aptitude and feelings about you know um technology that that's one tool I like to recommend uh, within my firm. I do use various tools um, that come, you know, as a part of my firm to help people with their like cash flow management. Um, but I also like the bucket system, um, and that's kind of what I use. And if you can think of uh, the envelope system, but uh, you know where you you have various envelopes and you're categorizing them and you're putting cash in there, but say that's not conducive to your lifestyle, then you can do that with bank accounts, you know, so you can create your own envelope system um, from using various bank accounts at different banks or having multiple bank accounts at a bank. So I go through that and help people, you know, really organize that and make that, you know, work. So that's, you know, one thing, um, Nerd Wallet is a really neat tool. Some people use Mint for budgeting. There's so these are just tools around cash flow management and budgeting, but like you need a budget if you really like to get granular. Um, a lot of people don't like to get granular with their cash flow management. They're not doing it. They're not, you know, we're just going to be real. Like people are not, I don't even like to do it. So, so I just really look at, you know, did I go to Kroger or Safeway or, um, you know, and buy just groceries? Probably not because you can get a you know a gallon of milk a patio set and a dress 
all from one grocery store. So, you know, so it's just like, how are you going to be able to, I mean, that's the confusion that happens with budgeting. You know, you look at the receipt and you're just like, okay, Kroger is groceries, but that's not all that I bought there, you know? So, so I understand where people are. And so it, I just try to help them with that behavior and create a system that's just, it's not about just I can't have the latte. It's a, it's just about okay, what can I have, and this is what I'm going to divvy out to myself during that time. And I do talk about that in the book too. Yeah. One last question. I know the second part you talked about. You talked about cash flow management being one concern, and the other concern is um, retirement. So yeah. I always I always hear people say, "Well, is it too late? Um, do you ever think it's too late?" to save for retirement? I already know my answer, but I just want to hear what you're yeah. going to say. So for me, I, I'm a never give up person. I just, you know, I am a very glass half full type of person. I'm never going to tell somebody that it's too late. It's over. I mean, if you're still living and you still have your uh, abilities to bring in income, you still have dreams, it's not too late. Now, you're going to have to make some adjustments. You know, you may have to work longer. You may have to take less. Um, You know, you're going to have to decide, okay, uh, what is the main priority here? Uh, But I don't, you know, subscribe to the notion that it's too late because then that just means we're just giving up and it's just, well, then what's the point in living law? I mean, what it, you know... Money is connected to life and living and I mean you know even though it's not the main thing it's a tool and so um, I'm just not a fan of you know telling somebody it's too late um, we just have to look at what adjustments do you have to make um, you know what is it again what is it that you enjoy I mean I I always think about when I went on a tour I used to live in Phoenix Arizona and I went on a Frank Lloyd Wright tour and got to see all his architecture in Phoenix. And one of the things that the tour guide told us uh, towards the end was that Frank Lloyd Wright died at 92 and he was still working on his drawings. So he was still doing work. So it's never too late because if you're enjoying what you do and it's it's not gonna feel like work and toil and things like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's always, there's always gonna be a challenge with it, but um, but I don't think that, you know, you should, you know, just think, oh, woe is me. It's never going to work out. It's too late. I, I think it might be a matter of figuring out your why, figuring out what you really enjoy, mm-hmm. and really digging deeper into your purpose. And I'm glad you said that because I think that's a big part. And people separate that, my why, my purpose from their finances for whatever reason, yes. your why, your purpose is who you are. And yeah. let's just not fool ourselves. Money has a big part in that, right? If you're able to achieve whatever that is, your purpose or help you with that purpose. Yeah. Um, and just to help you live a, a life that you want to live. So people That's- separate my why, my my purpose from finances. Finances sometimes can be a dirty r- word for people for whatever reason, but it needs to be a part of your everyday conversation. It needs to be um, not only with your your spouse, but with yourself. It's, um, you know, figure things out with yourself and what you want so that when you do go into any type of partnership with spouses uh, or a business or whatever, that 
it's clear to you what your purpose is and why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's what keeps you, you know, on the path, you know, because when things get hard, you know, it, it you got to go back to your why. You can't, I just, you know, and I talk about that in my book, the coaching, we talk about that various times, then, you know, your values, mm-hmm. you can't do this without knowing your values. You know, do you, do you believe that you can build a legacy for generations? Is that a value that you have? Do you believe in independence? Do you believe in security? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe in charity? Like, you got to dig into your why and, um, and it's so important. It's so important in everything. I, I just, and that's what I think what makes us, you know, the, those of us who are life financial life planners or life center planners, that's what makes us different is because we do dig into that, you know, why part of things and your values. And, uh, and like I said, it might feel a little bit like, okay, I just wanted to come to you to buy some stock. And it's like, no. I know. <laughs> Why do you want the stock? You know, like, <laughs> I know, I know. And some people are like, hmm, I, I might be getting into a little too deep with this stuff, but it is a part of the process. It is. <laughs> and there are, you know, advisors out there who will just, you know, sell you a stock. How much do you want to say? What are you saying? Okay. You know, let's sign papers and let's go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's just, that's just not me. So (laughs) So as we're wrapping up, is there any um, last piece of advice that you'd like to give to the ladies that are, like I said, they're, they're running their household there, they have their spouses and they're trying to um, now start to get ready on their financial journey. Any last advice for them or any last suggestions or tools that they can use to do that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the timing of this was perfect because I did come out with a book. So I just, I'm going to put that out there um, in the meantime, and it's on Amazon and other platforms. But um, I believe, you know, educating yourself is really, really key. You know, just having an interest, not trying to become an expert, but to really, um, understand you know understand how the money works how it's going to work for you and not just ignore it you know a lot of times people will take a blind eye like i don't open i don't open my statements i don't you know i don't open up my accounts um i don't log in i i don't do any of that and you know and if you're married i just let him do it and you know, like whatever that is, but if you could just take a step to just learn something, you know, to find out something, like to stop ignoring if that's what you do. Um, not everybody does that, but um, but a lot of people I have met do ignore. Um, they're just not interested in it. Right. So, you know. They ignore it until they can't ignore it. Anymore. That's right. You know, and, and then it's like, oh, and then they go get help. And so yeah. from there, you know, get a, get books, you know, obviously in the meantime, I have inspirational stories in there. I talk about, um, I do talk about personal finance, but I try to keep it interesting so that you can, you know, really get involved and, and really start to own your narrative and take advantage of that. There's questions at the very end of each chapter to reflect upon and take action on. Um, so that, that would be the first thing. And then from there, uh, you start to find, 
find a, uh, you know, a advisor and find a, you know, a financial planner, somebody to help you along the way. So hold your hand along the way. Uh, the other thing would be to then find community as well. So, um, so that is, I think there's power in community. Uh, I, I do tell people the book is like a super community. So if you don't have that community right away, you can meet the people in the book and, and they'll tell you their stories and hear their inspiration. But then I, I do have um, a next cohort that I'm offering, a money mastermind. So I, I am focusing on young black professionals. I'm thinking about 25-year-old Shahara. And, um, and so that's, you know, who I am focused on. But that group, you know, if, that, if you are somebody who's been, you know, making money and you have financial freedom and, and you feel like you've been getting there, but you want to create generational wealth and you just don't know how, that's where that program comes in. But... But I definitely believe, you know, read books, find somebody who can help you, and then um, find community as well. Perfect. So yeah. we can, we'll look out for your book that's already out on Amazon. In the meantime, you have your cohort. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. And then you have your cohort coming up. And where else can um, the ladies find you? Yeah, so I love Instagram. So I'm on Instagram. Um, the handle is Money and Moves, and so uh, you can find me there. You can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Shahara Wooten. So, but it's LinkedIn.com/slash/n/slash/shahara, um, and I do have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, I haven't posted in a while, but you know, but there is some content on there uh, that you know is super helpful. You can. Uh, and I'll be getting back to that in 2022, but it's called the Money Decision Show. So, so the, those are the places to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shahara. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm actually going to go online now to get your book. Um, and I already follow you on Instagram. So, uh, ladies, very great um, information, advice. So, um, check Shahara out on Instagram. And thank you again for all of the advice. Um, again, we're going to have to follow up with that uh, married women coming solo um, because I think there's something there, but I have to think more about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a whole topic. I, I've been racking <laughs> my brain on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Shahara. And ladies, until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Mommy Surviving and Thriving. Stay connected by liking, following, and subscribing. We're accepting topic requests and questions by email. Info at mstpodcast.com. How you balance it all? Remember, there's only one of you. Stay positive and give yourself grace. We're here to support you in community on your journey to becoming happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving. See you next week.